Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It's Wednesday. I'm Chris Graham. We're going to talk with Rod Mullins and talk some NASCAR news. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we waited till midweek to do this one here, Rod. Uh, Christopher Bell won the Bank of America Roval race. Uh, he punched his own playoff ticket. Um, on the other end of the uh, cutting down the field from 12 to 8 for the round of 8, uh, we had um, we had uh, Chase Briscoe uh, ne- edging out uh, defending champion Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. And we've got some news from late yesterday about how that happened and a big fine for Stuart Haas Racing. What is going on here, Rod? Well, the fine was against Cole Custer, his crew chief, uh, Michael Shiplett. They were each fined $100,000 each. Shiplett was suspended indefinitely. And competition officials issued a 50-point deduction to Custer and the team and their respective driver and owner standing. Now, that's just the start of things. Uh, last week at Talladega in the post-race inspection, Kevin Harvick's team failed post-race inspection. That was another $100,000 fine. But as we're getting ready, as we're recording right now, and you were getting ready to go through the intro and everything of the podcast, I find out now that Kevin Harvick and also Stuart Haas is dropping their appeal. So they're going to end up paying a hundred and some thousand dollars out of this. They could have got off on it a little bit easier, I think, if they had been able to appeal it. But there was, you know, there's no wiggle room here. There's just, you know, this is a situation, post-race inspection, you either have it all together or you don't. But now this one with uh, Chase, or excuse me, Cole Custer, it really affected Chase Briscoe about his chances of getting in and holding on to a position inside the playoffs for this round of eight. But uh, yeah, I'm like you. I'm I'm totally surprised by this, and at the uh, and at the least of this, uh, why wasn't Kyle Larson back included into this after being knocked out? And I think by what two or three points is what he finally got knocked out by. And uh, you know, you could see it on his face big time on Sunday afternoon after that race. He was. He was definitely torn over it because they thought they had the car, but that broken uh, toe-in uh, that they have back there in the right rear and the, also in the rear of the car, it had broke, but it was just enough. They got it fixed and got him back out on the track, but it wasn't enough to be able to overcome that deficit. So I was getting ready to say what's alleged to have happened, but now that NASCAR has thrown down some fines, I guess we can say what's found to have happened Yeah, is that Cole Custer deliberately held up a line of traffic, uh, and as, as Briscoe was going by him. Now, the reason I guess we're NASCAR is saying that they're not going to fine or penalize Briscoe in any way is from what they have found Briscoe, his team, his crew chief, no one there knew that their Stuart Haas teammate was, was doing right. this, but um, it, Custer held up the line of traffic to allow Briscoe to get to finish ninth, which would then yeah. give him enough points to finish eighth overall in the standings and advance the next round of the playoffs. But what's <laughs> What's interesting is that uh, apparently his crew chief told Custer over the radio, I think you've got a flat check up, check up. He couldn't see the car what is what NASCAR right. determined to know if he had a flat or not. So clearly that was just cover for what they were doing, which was they were going out of their way to help their Stuart Haas teammate, uh, uh, Chase Briscoe, uh, get that last playoff spot. But man, oh man, this is like, I don't even know what to say in terms of, okay, whether or not, Briscoe and his team knew what was going on. Some something that someone in their garage did 
allowed right. him to finish eighth in advance in the next round of the playoffs. This is, I don't know what this is. This is this is something more than even what NASCAR is saying, which is a lot. Yeah, and you know Scott Miller, who's the director of the competition, he said in this, he said, you know, it was just it came right out. I mean, when they heard this audio, they knew this, and then they kind of watched everything, all the data and so forth. They said it was pretty, you know, it was it was clear. There was no other way around it. But then some of the Stuart Haas people are turning around and saying, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're going to go and you're going to blame somebody, why don't you go and blame Chase Elliott back at Bristol when he held up Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas and them from hopefully advancing any further up into the lineup from this past race? Now, I think that's kind of apples you know, and oranges right here. The comparison is not even even close in this. I mean give let's give on this a little bit when you're on an oval or for that matter if you're on a super speedway yeah at one point or another you're going to slow somebody up there's no doubt about it because of the way the traffic is and so forth but now when you're on this roval it tells everything on you and then you know here it is he said the comment he made was yeah i think you've got a left tire you know or i think you've got a flat tire check up check up check up he couldn't have seen it or anything Miller said that that coupled with the data and the video and all the rest of the things that they looked up, that was the bulk of things. Nothing contradicted the fact that it was done deliberately by those individuals. So we were certainly forced to react and you saw their reaction today. And that's what happened. And NASCAR considers it pretty much an open and shut case out of this. But uh, according to Greg Zipidelli, who's the uh, Stuart Haas racing competition officer, the chief one at that, he released a statement saying on the uh, team's social media platforms that Stuart Haas Racing denies any wrongdoing and will vigorously defend its personnel against these allegations in its appeal with NASCAR. So the way I understand it, the appeal is going through on this case, at least with NASCAR, about uh, you know Cole Custer holding up traffic to allow Chase Briscoe to get up toward the front. But uh, they have dropped as of this afternoon, and let me go back and double-check that. The last thing that I saw was Stuart Haas Racing drops their number four appeal, and that just came out here at 4.04 this afternoon. And the news is that they have dropped their request for an appeal hearing to contest L2 grade penalties against the Ford team, the number four team. And so in the meantime, Harvick was issued a 100-point deduction in the Cup Series standings, not like it was going to help him anyway at this point. And then also Rodney Childers, fined $100,000 and suspended for four races. So, you know, that's that in and of itself is sore. You know, that's a, that's an open sore. That's a wound right here. The other thing coming in at that point is this whole thing with Cole Custer. Now you've just, now the patient's bleeding out like crazy. And how do you stop the bleeding out of this for a Stuart Haas? And then Kevin Harvick has been very vocal all season long. He's been talking about, the parts he's been talking about the <clears throat> the next generation car and how it's been he's not happy with it he's made his remarks several times and he's finally got some people paying attention and he's got them to notice and they go around talking about the cheap ass parts and so forth that NASCAR has allowed to be put on this car you know i have to kind of wonder too is this some sort of way NASCAR is trying to get a hint across to him and saying yeah, your cheap-ass parts or whatever you tried to use this time around or something just didn't pass inspection. So we're going to find you out of it and, you know, see if you say anything else about it. 
So I don't know, you know, and this whole thing with Stuart Haas racing and the thing with Cole Custer, um, it's a shock, especially for him. Um, he's a young driver, but you know, when you're in that kind of situation and teammates, even though, uh, you know, Briscoe may have not known what was going on out of the situation, uh, you still, you've got somebody that knew something was going on somewhere along the line. Zippadelli, if, if Zippy was there and Zippy overheard this, then, um, you know, and he didn't say anything about it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the writing on the wall right there. Uh, so they're going to throw the book at them and, you know, they're rightly so with what's going, uh, coming down here in the next few races, they've got to do something. Stuart Haas has to pay a lot of money, but Kyle Larson's out of the running for the championship. Uh, oh so, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What a loss for him. But Hey, let's talk about Christopher Bell. He had to win his way in, um, uh, and he did so. He he started in eleventh place uh, on on Sunday. In eleventh place, that is in terms of the mm-hmm. playoff standing. So, as you're cutting down to eight, he he had to win. I mean, there's no way he was just going to point himself in there. And he he did get the win. So uh, you know, talk about what he did to to be able to uh, to advance in the playoff field. He broke Toyota's stinking streak of bad misfortune on these road courses. I mean, Toyota had not been a force, I think, this entire season on the road course. It had been either dominated by Chevrolet in a lot of cases or it had been dominated. You've had a couple of races. Ford has contended in there, too. But, you know, still, Chevrolet has been dominant. Toyota used to be dominant. And then here they go to the road courses this year, and they don't have, a good, they don't have any good luck until they get to the Roval. And Christopher Bell, if it hadn't been for his call of taking on tires – and doing that uh, late in the race, and especially when it came time, and he, you know, he held out. He held out with what he had out there on the track. But he went in, got the tires. He was able to hold them off, and he was gaining. He was gaining ground. He was just gaining ground the more and more it went on. But you know, this race too at the Roval, it was, oh gosh, it was a free for all at the very end. It was a free for all. We saw so many different cautions over things on the restarts. Oh my gosh. Chase Elliott gets turned around. Uh, Chase Elliott doesn't have a good afternoon. Everybody thought Chase Elliott was going to win the, win the Roval race. Um, I was working on the graphics setting here, uh, putting the thing together. I said, man, I think Elliott's going to get this thing. And then out of the blue, Christopher Bell comes out of nowhere. And that's what makes racing so exciting, especially down at the Roval. You never know who's going to win it. Just like that first year that, uh, Ryan Blaney won it. Uh, a lot of people did not expect him to come out of nowhere. They thought it was going to be between Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson. And lo and behold, one of the younger drivers and Ryan Blaney, he's there at the right place at the right time, comes across and he wins that race. So it was not exactly a big surprise, but it was some gutsy play calling by um, by his crew chief. I think his crew chief helped a lot in this and hint, hint. The crew chief, if I'm not mistaken, was Kyle Bush's crew chief at one time. So what does that tell you, Chris? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also getting knocked out of the uh, playoffs, um, Austin Cendrick, Daniel Suarez. Um, Cendrick spun out, um, and he missed about 13 points. He spun right. out kind of late on one of the last restarts. Suarez um, had some, some uh, mechanical issues and he finished way back in the pack. So those guys were, were left out on the other side from the guys who are left in now. I mean, you mentioned Chase Elliott uh, had, had a good day, just didn't mm-hmm. get the win. Um, you know, he had that little lull for a while there from the end of the regular season through the first uh, few playoff races, but uh, he's starting to look like he's, you know, he's starting to look like the regular season champ that he was. He's yeah. starting to look dominant again. 
Yeah, he's starting to look that way, and and I think some of the other drivers know that, and I think that's the reason why uh, the melee and everything else that could have possibly happened there toward the end of the race, I think they were trying every way in the world, uh, some of the other drivers, to kind of keep him from advancing on even more and, you know, getting another win out of it. And, yeah, I'm I'm making that call, but, you know, when you're getting down here to the uh, – to the very end and you're trying to get into this he was already into the you know the field of eight anyway the playoff eight as they'll call it um he was already in but you know you still want to have a good showing and you want to be able to kind of pad your lead a little bit more but it didn't happen there toward the the latter stages of the race i just you know i think what bothers me about it is the fact that we i don't know he may not he may not have a good race the rest of the season and he may come up and he may win to get himself in again to qualify for Phoenix before it's over with. I, you know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with this team, and it's hard to tell with a lot of these teams this year. Um, who would have thought Eric Jones? And I talk about him an awful lot. Eric Jones, who would have thought he'd won a race this year? And he was also, at one point, he was leading the Roval race at one point, up there in the front there toward the very end. He just got caught up in bad luck like a lot of the other drivers did. Some of these guys, uh, you know, have, have just done a tremendous job. Joey Logano has been the guy that I think is just kind of sitting there. He's kind of biding his time. You know, he started out the race. He was in the, he had the pole position out of it. And then he comes back and he really doesn't finish all that well, but he finished enough to keep himself at pace with going into the field of, you know, the field of eight going down to the playoff state. So, you know, some of these drivers, not big, not a big surprise right here. Now we've already eliminated Alex Bowman out of it. So now you got two drivers driving for Hendrick. You've got Elliot and then you got Byron in that group. Then you also have Ryan Blaney, who's still in it. Ryan Blaney also a kind of a, I would call it almost a lackluster race, but yeah, he, he did do some, Good racing at this at this race at uh, Charlotte, but uh, you know you kind of wonder about him. He's getting close. Is he going to get a win here before it's over with? I don't know. Uh, that that question remains to be seen. And then for the others, Chase Briscoe, you've got him in that in that pack and so forth. Um, I'm just wondering what it would have been like if Kyle Larson had made it. I, I just really wonder what it would have been like. Um, we won't find out now because you know he's obviously out of it unless NASCAR decides in some knee-jerk reaction before we get to the race this coming weekend at Las Vegas, say, hey, we're going to reinstate his points. I doubt they're going to do that, though. But, uh, boy, wouldn't that shake up the racing world if they did that? Uh, it's um, it's just one of these things. It's it's just been a wild season. We've seen all of these wins from, you know, 19 different drivers at one point or another, you know, and then Bell, of course, wins this one, the 20th. You know, as a different winner, not in, well, the only consecutive winner has been Kevin Harvick. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's it's been a kind of a surprise for a lot of these teams this season. And we're also talking, and I don't know if you caught this or not, um, you know, some of the teams are concerned about next year. They're talking about the fact, and um, I know there was a business report that had come out this past week. Some of the teams are demanding a little bit more, how can I say this, revenue sharing? So to speak, I think with the sport, uh, they feel like that there's going to be, if they don't get some revenue sharing with NASCAR on some things, that some of these teams are going to fold up. And then by that time, the next generation car, you know, it's going to be all worthless 
to everybody because this is what's leveled the playing field. And and people can argue with me left and right over it and say, oh, it's not affected everything. Yes, it has. I think it's affected it. You've got teams in there that, you know, six years ago would not have even been competing for a race. They would have been lucky to even get through maybe 100, 150 laps before an engine goes out or something else happens to them. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're having this year is, yeah, some of those parts problems, but that next generation car has leveled the playing field tremendously. And I think it's, it definitely shows with the tra- track house racing and Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, uh, being the guys that have been long shots and here they are They're You know, you got Ross Chastain still in the, in the hunt for one of these, uh, for this, uh, playoff, uh, championship. So uh, it's anybody's guess right now at this point. There are four races left, three in this round of eight. Um, and it's interesting the way the schedule works out. Chris crossing the country. So we were yep. in Charlotte this past weekend. They're going to be in Vegas this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they come back to Miami. Um, it's interesting for uh, for Virginia race fans. Um, the uh, the cutoff from eight to four, that race is in Martinsville. The second Martinsville race is uh, yeah. October 30th. And that's the one right before the uh, championship four in Phoenix on November 6th. So, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, I would ask Rod at this stage, who has the advantage, but I think you've already covered that. We don't know. This has been a, this has been a great season, but a very unpredictable season, uh, in NASCAR. Folks be thankful. You can't see my face on this podcast because I just made a face. I have no idea what's going to happen with this. I'm, I'm totally, I'm like a leaf in the wind right now in the autumn season. I'm just blowing wherever they're going. You know, you tell me where they're going to land. I don't know. I don't know where, where this is all going to end up. Um, you know, we could have a surprise out of the clear blue and Ross Chastain, if he's able to hold on and drive and be able to make it through to that cutoff race when they get to Martinsville, um, you know, if he, if he finishes good, man, he's in, he's in contention right there. He's in contention for it all. Uh, that would be tremendous in this season, first real season, if you want to call it that, of this racing team of Trackhouse and Pitbull and, and Justin Marks with this team. Oh my gosh. It's, it's nobody, nobody has any idea. That's, that's how, that's how confusing this whole process is right now. That's the fun. Hey, parody uh, in that sense does make it more interesting for the fans. Certainly because we don't know. Yep. Um, And so uh, yeah, Vegas, the Vegas race is Sunday, 2 30 PM Eastern on NBC. Uh, Follow Augusta free press on Facebook because our man Rod here will be busy uh blogging during that on our facebook page and keeping you up to date not just with uh, what's going on but also some some insight analysis as the race goes on that's the fun part uh, getting you know tapping into rod's thinking process there so uh so rod uh, have fun with that and uh we thank you for your time and your insight here today you know that's dangerous what you just said tapping into rod's thinking process <laughs> i don't have much of a thinking process i'm just kind of going at this thing as it goes you know um thinking process boy you give me more credit than i'm due <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as the words came out of my mouth i was thinking yeah yeah the, the, a, a window into rod mullen's mind that could be dangerous. that's not that's not good <laughs> that's not good no hey it's like that's like watching Big Brother on the, on a 1984 rerun or something like that. And I've been trying to teach the kids 1984 this past week in school, and here it is talking. Yeah, let's look into the mind and find out about him. Yeah, now we know. I don't think that's a good idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, Rod, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.